and it'll work as long as your ship don't sink because you get on that boat and God knows exactly how much pressure to put on the boat so it don't sink, but he at least gets your attention. <laughs> he knows exactly how much of a storm to cause in your life to get your attention. You may not, amen, sink, but at least you'll know that the storm is coming after you just like Jonah did. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound Broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. Before I go into the mess, I want you to take a look, quick glance or look up here uh, at the vessels will be on my left-hand side. One of the things I want you to notice as we go through this particular message is that each vessel is similar, but each one is a little bit different. And when they're a little bit different, they can still serve their purpose, but it's not going to be exactly like somebody else's or like another vessel. But each vessel was made for a purpose and can be used for that particular purpose as long as it is in line with the will of God. And so I want you to keep that in mind as we go through the message today. And think about yourself. I look at myself as an individual who is a vessel in the master's house or the vessel that God has made. And when he made me, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. But also, too, I got to keep my vessel clean. I got to keep my vessel ready for the master's use. I got to keep my vessel ready so when it, whenever he decides to go and use my vessel, I'll be ready for him. I'll be ready for him. All right? Keep that in mind as we go through the message today. Now, last week, we saw how Jesus positioned himself to deal with the temptation and tactics of the devil in the message entitled, Positioning Myself to be Spirit-Led. Not only did he deal with the devil, we see how Jesus used the Word of God to, uh, to overcome the tactics of the devil. Jesus was very knowledgeable. Of course, he is the Word made flesh. He was knowledgeable in the Word. He was skilled in the Word, and he spoke the Word of God with confidence. He was and is our greatest example of how we must continue to receive knowledge and understanding of God's word if we are going to be able to experience a level of victory over the devil, demons, and our own flesh. The enemy will use every chance he has to cause chaos, division, strife, jealousy, unforgiveness, resentment, and so forth. See, devils and demons know their job. They're experienced, knowledgeable, relentless, and they, have, they study and take notes of their victims or potential victims. See, they have an idea of who, of what Christians, who, of what Christians are. If they're immature, they're struggling with their flesh, Christians who cause division, who are like Jonah, who are more focused on rebellion against God rather than yielding to God. If you don't mind, go with me to the book of Jonah, chapter 1. The book of Jonah, chapter 1. Notice in Jonah, chapter 1, I'm going to read Jonah, chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. 
Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fee and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now, Jonah was a very interesting individual because, one, when Jesus referred to him in the New Testament, he called him a prophet. And so I know when God called you a prophet, I'm not going to argue with God. Are y'all following me? So if he called him a prophet, he is a prophet. But I want you to notice the behavior of the prophet. Uh, He was told by God to go down to Nineveh. But Jonah, hey, Jonah's up and to go another direction. The Bible says in verse 3, he left from the presence of the Lord. Now, the presence of the Lord represents the face of God. And the face of God is where you see the mouth of God. And when Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, that means I'm leaving the instructions of God. I'm leaving the directions of God. I'm, whatever God told me to do, I'm not doing what he said. See, Jonah received instructions from God to go to Nineveh instead went to Tasha. Now, the enemy knows when he's working with the Jonah. Whether you pastor Jonah, minister Jonah, leader Jonah, or brother Jonah, he, he, it, the enemy knows when there's a Jonah in his midst. And Jonah has a tendency to choose their will over God's will. It would be evident because they would tend to not walk in agreement and alignment with God's instructions. They like to do things their way. If it's hard, I'm going to do it my way. They won't say things like, not my will, but your will be done. They want to do it the way they want to do it. And it'll work as long as your ship don't sink because you get on that boat and God knows exactly how much pressure to put on a boat so it don't sink, but he at least gets your attention. <laughs> he knows exactly how much of a storm to cause in your life to get your attention. You may not, amen, sink, but at least you'll know that the storm is coming after you, just like Jonah did. Jonah was sitting asleep in the bottom of the boat, and he, did, he told the folks, listen, this storm because of me. Jonah knew God so well, he said, God is sending a storm after me. Glory be to God. Woo! I tell you, you don't want to have a Jonah in your life. And personally, I don't want to be a Jonah. Uh, y'all follow me now. You know, Wednesday night was powerful. I encourage you to join us on Wednesday nights. Now, as believers, we're going to deal with opposing forces working to taint and discredit our witness for Christ. We know that we will primarily deal with the influence of demons and our carnal nature that is not under divine influence, but yet we still need the Spirit of God and the Word of God to have power, skill, and ability to overcome demon spirits, to overcome our unregenerated carnal nature, we need his power. Now, if you don't mind, let's go over to the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. The book of Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. 
And as you turn there, keep this in mind. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God. We need fresh oil on a constant basis to give us victory over the flesh, give us victory over carnal nature. We need the Spirit of God to saturate our spirit, soul, and body so that we can have power, strength, and might to navigate through life. And only God knows how much power is needed to overcome demons and our carnal nature. Therefore, you can't do this on your own. One thing I've learned in life is that no individual knows how much power is needed to overcome demons in their life. No, no, no individual knows. You know some stuff, but you don't know how much power it needs, you need in order to overcome the demons in your life. You don't even know how much power you need to overcome your own fleshly carnal desires. You don't even know that. You need to get with God who knows exactly how much power you need to overcome the demon spirits that come at you on a day-by-day basis. And not only that, you need to know how much power you need just to get your flesh in line. I ain't talking about nobody else's flesh. I'm talking about your flesh in line. You know, I'm telling you something, Lord knows, I know, I know I need all the power God can give me. Woo, glory be to God. Because you know what? Boy, this flesh is liable to jump ship in a heartbeat. God, y'all follow me? Boy, that flesh liable to. <laughs> Maybe not y'all. Maybe just me. Okay, I preach to myself, y'all. Hallelujah. This, this text is so familiar to us. See, it, it's so familiar to us. And my prayer is that we're getting this into our spirit. See, we can be filled with the spirit, influenced by the spirit of God, to, and God lead us to places where demons, demons and demons, demons, devils and demons are to entice and lure us out, lure, and lure us out of the will of God. See, even spirit-led, God never promised to lead us to all good places. He never promised to lead us all to good places. You know, where there's sunshine and milk and cookies and all that kind of stuff. He never promised all that kind of stuff. You know, the Bible says he led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So, you know, you could be spirit-led and be led to a place that's not that quote-unquote nice to be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, the enemy does not care how long we've been saved, how long we've been in the church, what position we have in the church. If he can entice us and taint our testimony, he will do it. And temptation has a way of putting our faith, our confidence, and our relationship with God and his word in us on trial. See, when the tempter comes doing his assignment, exposing me to things that appeal to my feelings and emotions, will I yield to him or yield to Jesus? And when the tempter comes and promises me power, authority, and material things, will I yield to him or yield to Jesus? And this is the thing I have to ask myself. Will I be able to discern that the power come from Jesus or did it come from the enemy? You know, Jesus said, I will, Acts 1 and 8, I will give you power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you should be witnessing me in Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Did you get that power or did you get the power that comes from the enemy? You got to know where the power comes from. You got to be able to discern where the power comes from. 
And so Luke 4, 1 through 2 shows us how temptation is going to come at us in our lives. That therefore, we must continue to grow in Jesus and his word, lest the temptation lure us completely out of the will of God. Again, Luke 4, chapter, Luke chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 2. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. He ate nothing. Glory be to God. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And Jesus being filled, being saturated, being complete with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led. He was guided. He was directed to a place by the Spirit into the wilderness. And in verse 2, being tempted, being lured, being enticed, being, uh, being in a place where the enemy wanted to prove his faith for 40 days. 40 days. And you know what? I told y'all from, from Jump Street, I don't want to be with the devil for 40 minutes. Four minutes, 40 seconds. Now y'all follow me? I don't want to be messing with the devil. Because he come to steal, he come to kill, and he come to destroy. But the Bible says for 40 days he was uh, 40 days by the devil. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. We showed you in Revelation how the devil was kicked. He was the accuser before God day and night. He was kicked out. He was kicked out here to the earth, and he did not change his nature or his character. He is still accusing people today. And in those days, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Jesus was filled or saturated with the Holy Spirit. He was also spirit-led. Remember the sponge we talked about last week? Either we're going to be dipped or emerged in the Spirit of God or not even get wet at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want a little dab or do you, praise God. I want to be saturated by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Because I need all the power God can give me. I need God, amen, to saturate me with his power and saturate me with his wisdom. Saturate me with his strength. Saturate me with insight that comes from him. Saturate me with influence. Saturate me with guidance in financial matter. Saturate my relationship. Saturate my marriage. Saturate my single life. Saturate the auxiliaries. Saturate Every area of my life in the church and beyond the church. I need to be saturated daily with his character and his nature. And if I'm saturated with his character and his nature, then I can display his character and his nature in my conduct. And that's so important. Therefore, the Holy Spirit will lead us to places, but he will also keep us when he leads us to these places. See, his nature remained the same in us, regardless if we're in the wilderness or another difficult place in our lives. He remained consecrated, holy, faithful, loving, forgiving, and I can keep going on and on. So we need this. So we see in the text as Jesus navigated through the wilderness experience, he came out in the power of the Spirit as evidenced in, by Luke 4 and 14. 
Go to Luke 4 and 14. The Bible says this. Luke records, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. So we see here that Jesus returned in the power and the strength and the ability and the might and the influence of the Spirit of God. See, he returned, and he returned to Galilee. And news, his fame, his report of him went throughout all the surrounding region. So, so not only did he return in the power of the Spirit, and his testimony was more powerful than ever, because remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the words of our testimony. News traveled about Jesus. Oh, the water walker, the one that caused blind eyes to be opened, the one that changes lives for the better. News about him went out through the region. See, good news or not so good news will travel. What news are people hearing about us? Oh, glory be to God. What rumors are being said about our faith, our testimony, our commitment to God? With the news be that we are spirit led or led by our emotions, our situations, our relationships, our friends, our finances, and so forth. He, Jesus is an example of God's strength, God's ability, God's skill, God's might, God's insight, and God's influence. So we see how that traveled throughout the region. Can you imagine when Jesus came back and he started teaching? Man, they said, my God, we never heard nobody teach like this before. And the word began to change lives for the, for the better, just like he does today. He comes into the sanctuary. He teaches us how, amen, to live, how to think, how to talk, how to conduct our lives. The same thing he did then, he's doing it today. He may not come here directly, but indirectly, God comes into the sanctuary and he feeds us knowledge and understanding. You see from Luke chapter 4, reading down to verse 18, Jesus went into the sanctuary and the Bible says this was his custom. That means that was his regular practice or his mode of operation. And see, what was he doing? He was teaching the word of God and the people were amazed and fascinated and excited about what God was teaching. The Bible did not say he was doing any miracles or anything like that, but people were excited about the word of God. And God is doing the same thing today. He's teaching, he's instructing, he's giving us guidance, and we should be excited about what God is teaching us. Why? Because man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. When God gives us a word, it's a change our life for the better and we should be happy that God loves us enough to bring us into the house of God to give us a word to change our life to love us enough to warn us to help us to do whatever he has to do God loves us enough to help us and we should be happy about that when you read from Luke 4 14 down to 18 you will see how God went in the sanctuaries he went into down into different people's lives and he changed their life for the better. It was all based on the word being taught. Hallelujah. It was based on knowledge and understanding of the word of God. See, Jesus is our great example. He's our great examples. No, God, thank God he is our great example. 
See, these seeds prepare us for God to be used, for God to use us in ministry. Because just like he teaches us, he's still teaching us today. Why, why is he teaching us? So we can be used in ministry. We can be used by God. We can be used in our homes. We can be used in our workplaces. We can be used in our schools. We can be used in our business. We can be used in our church. Because why? He's our greatest example. He is ready to, for us to be used in a greater way. See, Jesus is who is Jesus. He is the face. Excuse me. When he faced the devil, he was the same with the devil. Just like when he wasn't in the, we, just like when he was in the presence of people, Jesus spoke the word of God to the devil, just as he speaks the word of God to his people. Jesus was fasting and praying before the devil and taught fasting and prayer to his people. You know when Jesus said, "This kind only come out by prayer and fasting." Jesus told the devil that he would. You can only worship the one true God. In him only shall we worship. He also told the people the same in various teaching. He said, listen, you, when you worship, only worship the, the Father in spirit and in truth. He was teaching the same thing. Therefore, it takes a maturing, a developing, and growing in God and his word to build our level of consistency, our stability, and our steadfastness and faithfulness in him. As we continue to mature in his word and grow in his word, we can have a level of consistency when it comes to ministering his word. As we grow in developing God, I believe that we position ourselves in a manner that allows him to prepare and empower us for his work. See, I believe God can and desires to prepare us for his work in on the earth as well. See, as spirit-led saints, my maturity is on display when I minister as he sees fit. Romans 8 and 14, our theme scripture, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For as many as are led or instructed or taught by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God or mature saints. Mature saints can minister by the Spirit of God. They can minister as instruments of God. And see, I need to be an instrument, a tool or a vessel that is available and in agreement with what God has purposed for my life. See, I can't look at your life and, and say that that is what God has called me to do. I got to look at what God has called for me to do. What is God telling me as a vessel of God for me to do for his kingdom? And see, vessels can be defined as a container, but can also be defined as a person whom God calls or summons and appoints and uses to employ or chosen for a purpose. I like what Matthew 22 and 14 says. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Matthew 22 and verse 14. The Bible says this, for many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, many are divinely selected and appointed, but few are chosen, are selected and favored. You know, one thing I love about God, you could be, God could call every vessel up there, every vessel up there, but he may choose that one right there. But the ones in the back, hey, don't get mad, don't get upset, because one day he could choose you. 
Y'all, y'all missed that. You got to hear that. You got to hear that. Listen, don't get upset because he chooses that one vessel because he may choose the other one a little bit later. He may choose the other one a little bit later. Whatever God needs or whatever he wants or if the vessel's even ready, he can choose you anytime he wants to. See, one thing I know about God, God gets you ready for when he's ready to use you. Listen, I've learned over the years, listen, when I was doing certain things in ministry, I did not realize that God was getting me ready. I just think that God was overlooking me. God wasn't, listen, he didn't notice all the preparation I thought I was getting myself ready for. You don't really know, you you, you think you're preparing, boy. (laughs) Oh, glory be to God. Wait till God call you on this and put the lights on you, boy. That's a whole different ball game. That is a whole different thing. And so, but when when you're in the background, just get ready. Be happy about those that are being used by God. But listen, because many are called, he could call this every vessel up there, but he may choose this one right here in front. But listen, ones in the back, don't be mad, don't be jealous, don't get upset, because one day your day going to come. One day your day going to come. Listen, I know, listen, Moses, excuse me, Joshua was following Moses, and but, one, but Joshua did not realize he was getting one day ready to be leading the children of Israel. Listen, he wasn't the first one called, but he was chosen a little bit later. You just got to get ready for your time. So I'm, I, I, God would never choose me. Yeah, God will choose you too. He may use you to go witness to Brother A down the road. That's God choosing you. So never underestimate your assignment that comes from God. Because if God tells me to go out here and tell others about Jesus, that's a great assignment from God. And I got to be ready as a vessel to be used by God. I got to be ready to use by God. Woo, glory be to God. I understand that God's favor will open doors for me. I understand, notice what he says, but many are called, divinely selected and appointed, but few are chosen, selected or favored. I understand that God's favor opens doors that no man can close. And baby, when you're, when you're, it's time for you, the door to open for you, you just got to be ready. You got to be ready. Well, Pastor, he didn't choose me today. Don't worry, he's getting you ready to be choose one day. And when he does, that door open for you, he's got to be ready. You got to be ready. You can have access to supernatural opportunities. You, his favor will allow my resume to stand out. Listen, never get upset because they didn't choose you the first time. God got something better for you down the road. Mm, good God Almighty. Listen, never be upset because they told you no because God got something better for you down the road. Oh, God knows what he's doing, y'all. Listen, sometimes he'll shut a door for you. And you're like, why did he shut that door on me? You don't know what's on the other side of that door. You don't know the people that's on the other side of that door. You don't know the time they would have kept mm, 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 stuff going on at your place. But, you know, God knows better than we do. His favor will allow my resume to stand out. His favor will cause people to seek me out for the promotion. God's favor will stir men to give to my bosom, especially as I trust Luke 6 and 38 to manifest. I'm giving and men are giving to me. Never underestimate that God will look for a way to sow into your lives. Woo! That never underestimate. Somebody be thinking about you and you never thought about it. But as you sow, as you give, 
men going to be giving up to your bosom. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You never know when somebody going to bring you some money and just lay it down at your feet. And tell me, let's do what you got to do with it. I'm not asking anything. I, I, listen, you, may, you never know when somebody's going to buy your groceries. You never know when somebody's going to pay your car payment. You never know when somebody's going to give you the things that you desire. Why? Because you're obedient to scriptures like Luke 6 and 38. See, it's one thing to be called divine, selected, and appointed. Many are called. It's another level to be chosen. When you're chosen, though, it requires something out of you, though. It requires something out of you. It, it, it requires something to be favored by God. God does not just throw his favor on you just to be throwing it on you. He has a purpose behind it. He has a purpose behind it. If God's going to call me, use me for a certain assignment, he has a purpose behind the assignment. He has a purpose behind the assignment. You know, when he chose Jonah and Jonah got rebellious, he went and got Jonah because Jonah was chosen. Now, to me, I would have said, hey, you don't want to go? i find me somebody else. But you know what? He went and got Jonah. And Jonah, amen, went and did what God had told him to do. And still got mad after he did what God told him to do, but that's a whole different thing. Hallelujah. See, it's one thing to be called, but it's another thing to be chosen. And when you're chosen, it requires responsibility. It requires a responsibility. If you're not chosen yet, keep preparing because he may choose you later. And ain't nothing wrong with being chosen later. Oh, let me tell you something. God knows how much you, what you're preparing for better than you do. He knows how much you are prepared better than you do. So when you're chosen, thank God for it. Now, let's go to Luke 4 and 18. Luke 4 and 18. The first clause says this. this Luke 4 and 18 says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit, the Holy Spirit, the divine nature of Christ, the spirit of truth of the Lord is upon me. I like that part. Now, this is what you need to understand. When Jesus went to that sanctuary and got the book and opened it up and read this, it was already happening in his life. He did not have to make it happen. It was already taking place. The spirit of the Lord was already upon Jesus. The Holy Spirit, the nature of Christ that came from God, the Messiah, was already positioned upon Jesus. Woo. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Holy Spirit, the divine nature of God, the spirit of truth is positioned himself on me. The character and the nature of the one true God. And he wasn't trying to get it. It was already on him. When, you, when he said that, it was already on him. Jesus continued to let us know the reading that the spirit of God had positioned himself upon him in the middle clause of the verse. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has consecrated me. He has endured me with gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has, listen, he wasn't looking to get anointed. He was already anointed. He was already anointed. He was already, ready. He was already consecrated. He was already, listen, he didn't have to, he didn't have to ask God to do anything. He was already operating in that power. So when he read that, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Oh, God, because he has anointed me. And he said, listen, I want you to understand that the anointing is how I was consecrated. I, I had gifts that came from the Holy Spirit. And that, and see, God can use however he wants to use the gifts in my life at whatever manner he wants to use it in, at whatever time he wants to use it in. If you want to use it on a Tuesday, he can use it. If you want to use it on a Thursday, he can use it. Well, I'm not telling him what to do. I'm just being led to what to do. I'm being guided in what to do. I'm not telling him what to do because why? It's his gift. It's his anointing. It's his power. It's his, oh, he's, he's leading me and he's guiding me. He says he's leading me and guiding me. See, when Jesus speaks about the anointing, he, the consecration, he is endowed, he is supplied and furnished with the gifts, power, strength, and might of the Holy Spirit. See, when God's anointing shows up, we can expect wisdom, supernatural skills, and ability, and insight on matters. See, when God get ready to anoint us, when God is using us in like manner, it is his gift, it is his character, it is his anointing, it is his power that's operating in us. And we don't tell God how to use his gift. We use it as he sees fit. Mm. Some people say, I can just use the gift however and whenever I want to. I don't think so. I got to use it the way the Holy Spirit leads me to do it. So if, I, if I'm singing, I'm not just singing a song. I'm singing under the anointing. I'm singing on the anointing. I'm not just smart, but I'm, highly, I'm a highly intelligent saint because I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to teach me. I thought about this. There are some highly intelligent believers in this sanctuary right now. Right now. You know how, why you are? Because you're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you how to, how, listen, the Holy Spirit to teach you how to handle your money better. You're, teaching the Holy, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you into all truth, how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife, how to be a better student, how to be a better business person. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to teach you. So therefore, that's the anointing working in your life. See, when, when God's anointing shows up, you can expect wisdom, supernatural skills, ability, insight on matters. You, you're just be allowing the God to teach you. You're not just playing an instrument, but you're anointed to play. You see, when anointing shows up, things are going to change. It's not going to be the same way that when you first heard it or when you first saw it or when you first experienced the Holy Spirit as it were. And I am the vessel that he is using. Therefore, I know it's got to be the anointing. Listen, when you do things and you realize, you say, that could be me. I'm not that smart. I don't know that much. It must be the Spirit of God showing me what to do. That's the anointing. The anointing is strong. The anointing is powerful. The anointing will give you insight into things you thought you didn't even know. He'll have you asking a question or two. And people will think, how'd you know all that? It's the anointing. And some people can look at things and figure it out. You know it's the anointing. Some of you right now got promotion because of the anointing on your life. Mm -hmm. Some of you got raised because of the anointing on your life. Some of you got doors open up for you because of the anointing on your life. You got to know the difference between the anointing and the enemy opened the door for you. 
You have to know because the enemy can, can open up a door too. You think, hey, that, that, that must be God. Is it really? The anointing will show you the difference. The anointing will show you the difference. Oh, thank you, God. Because let's go to Isaiah 10 and 27. Isaiah 10 and 27. I want to show you what happens when the anointing is in your life. And it should come to pass in that day that the burden will be taken from your shoulder and is yoked from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. See, notice this, and it should come to pass in this day that his burns, burns are going to be removed. They're going to be taken away, removed, and depart from your shoulder. Interesting place he said that the burn's going to be at, on your shoulder. You ever felt like life been on your shoulder sometime? Felt like pressure been on your shoulder sometime? God says, I'll take that away from you. Let, let me tell you something. A good song can take the burden off your shoulder. Listen, it ain't sometimes the opening prayer, anointed prayer, can take it off your shoulder. Sometimes a good Sunday school or Wednesday night Bible study can take it off your shoulder. Sometimes the tithes and the offering can take it off your shoulder. Why? Because they're anointed. It is God's ability. It's God's strength. It's God's power on your life. Then he goes on to say in this particular verse, and I thought about this one, and the yoke, mm, and his yoke from your neck, yet neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. I thought about it like this. Now, I, I was going to grab somebody, but I'm afraid somebody would beat me up, so I'm going to use myself. All right, y'all ready for this one? Imagine this, this something around my neck, and it's telling me, to, you're going wherever I tell you to go. You're going to go wherever I tell you to go. So if you got an anger issue, um, get mad. You can't help you won't get mad. You jealous? You, you, I don't want to get jealous. Uh, get jealous. You get jealous. You operate on forgiveness. You don't want. You don't want to. But because of that yoke on your yoke around your neck, uh, I got yeah. But God come to break that yoke. God come to break it. He come to take that yoke off of you. So that enemy, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's pride, whether it's lust, whether it's anger, he's going to take it off of your neck. Because that neck represents your control. It's trying to control you. Listen, when you got an animal and the yoke is around it, it will control that animal. It wants to control you. And God said, I can break it. Listen, let me tell you something. It don't take, it's, it, it's not just the preaching that can do it. It can be prayer time that can do it. The opening prayer, you be sitting there talking about, man, I feel free. I got stuff coming off my neck. I got stuff coming off my shoulder. And we just been in the service 10 minutes because of the prayer time. Because why? It's anointed. The singing can cause stuff to break off people's neck and off their shoulder because of the anointed song that was ministered. Why? Because they are doing it under the anointing. They're not just doing it because they, they, this is a favorite song to sing. They're led by the Holy Spirit. They're saying, Spirit of God, what song do I need to minister on this particular Sunday morning here in February? And they say, hey, I got to do it like that. Sometimes it could be just the musicians just playing and they're playing under the anointing and people are just getting free because of them playing. 
They get free because of their plan. They came in with the weight of the world on their shoulders. They came in with the job pressure and children pressure and relationship pressure and financial pressure. But all of a sudden they heard the musician playing and all of a sudden it just left them. Y'all think that's something that's natural? No, that's supernatural. I, I, yeah, I know we got skilled musicians, but let me tell you something. The skill won't get it. You can eat the anointing. Listen, you can sing good, but you need the anointing. Listen, you can listen, you can do all those fancy things that they do in singing. Listen to I, ooh, ooh, I and all that kind of stuff, but you need the anointing. Because you can be all that ooh, ooh, I, nothing, nothing happened in the part of somebody's life. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need that anointing. You need it because why? It's going to destroy lives, things in your life. And therefore, Jesus came in Luke 4 and 18. Go back to Luke 4 and 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. He has anointed me. What's he anointed me to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. To proclaim liberty to those who are destitute of wealth and influence. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Notice, when he ministers, hearts that are broken will be healed. This is the thing you got to understand. We may not see it with our natural eyes, but it's happening all around us. You know, right now, let me tell you something. The anointing is working right now. Not because of my preaching, but because of the anointing. The anointing ministers because the anointing knows what you're going through. He knows what burns you brought with you. He knows what's around your neck. He knows. And he said, I got to get it all, my brother. I got to get it all, my sister. Because they need this to go and do my will here on the earth. And they got to be the right kind of vessel in order to be used by me. He says this, to proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm going to release them from bondage. I'm going those that are mental, physical, or emotional prison. Also, I'm going to do recovery of sight to the blind. And they're going to set at liberty those who are oppressed. All that's going to take place because of what? The anointing. Jesus was anointed. He was anointed. But he just didn't give the anointing just for himself. He gave the anointing for us as a congregation. Those who are spirit-led saints can be anointed. You can be used by God to do the will of God here on the earth. Well, Pastor, I may not be singing with a microphone. You never know how singing in your own household can take the, the burns off your shoulder and the yoke from around that neck. You never know how you pray in your own house and listen, will set your own household free because of the anointing. Don't wait for a Sunday morning. You do it at your own house. Lay hands on your own children. Before they go to school, in Jesus' name, I pray over you right now. I pray that God protect you. You may straight A's in school. God give you insight. Why? Because of the anointing. Because of the anointing. Hallelujah. And you, but you, 
See, Jesus was the anointing. We find that in Luke 2 and 11. For there is born unto this day in the city of David a Savior, a deliverer, a protector, who is Christ. Christ means the anointed one, the Lord. But in my closing, I want to briefly talk to you about what material is our vessel made of. See, my material is larger than what is made, what sustains my vessel. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. The Bible says this, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. What kind of vessel are we? A vessel is a person or quality or chosen instrument. Are we gold? Are we silver? Are we wood? Are we clay? Are we a vessel of honor? Or a vessel of dishonor. A vessel of honor is a, a high esteem, a one of respect. But a vessel of dishonor is one of disgrace, loss of respect, or shame. Now, let me say this. As a, as, I got to ask myself this question. See, when I look at these vessels up here, you know one thing I can't see inside of? Inside the vessel. I can't see inside the vessel. I can't see inside. But you know what's inside you. You know what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you and what's showing you. You know. If you don't, allow the Holy Spirit to show you. You probably like me. Lord, I didn't realize all that was in me. Get in the right environment. You'll find out what's in you. Woo! Glory be to God. I got four amens. The rest of y'all can look at us funny. And then when you find out, you can go to, to the next verse. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. I got to cleanse myself up, y'all. I got to remove that which is considered sin from my life. I got to purge myself of things that don't belong there. Hallelujah. If I cleanse myself, he will make me a vessel of honor. And then I can pursue sanctification. I can be consecrated and dedicated to God, ready and useful, ready to be used for the master and prepared for every good work. Works like we find in Luke 4 and 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach, to help those in need, so to speak. And then it goes on. I thought. 22 was interesting that he puts that in there. Verse 22, 2 Timothy 2 and 22. Flee youthful lust. Flee! But pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I got to flee youthful lust, immature lust. And let me say this to you. Immature lust is not an age thing. Because you can be in your 70s and still be lusting. Thank y'all for the four amens. Pray for the rest of us, all right? Immature lust. Escape out of it. Avoid it. Get out of there. Get out of there. Lust is designed that which forbid it by the word of God. In verse 23, but avoid 
foolish, godless, lacking good sense and judgment, and ignorant disputes. You got to avoid those things. You know why he said avoid it? Because you know they're coming. They're coming. Well, Pastor, I would never have that, please. You may be the one instituting if you ain't careful. You have to avoid it when you hear it coming up. You got the Bible says avoid foolish, godless, lacking good sense and judgment, and ignorant without instructions, uneducated disputes or debates or questioning, knowing, watch this, they generate. <laughs> Y'all know what a generator is, right? That thing finna build up something. <laughs> and it will build up strife. And let me say this to you. It will have you doing stuff you ain't got no business doing. And God cannot use that type of vessel. I want God to have that kind of, kind of vessel that he can use for his kingdom. So Luke 4 and 18 would not be something I just talk about, but it's something I experience in my life. Why? Because I'm helping people. I'm helping people. I come in the house of God, I'm helping people. I'm praying, I'm helping people. I'm singing, I'm helping people. I'm ushering, I'm helping people. I'm giving, I'm helping people. I'm doing backpack program, I'm helping people. I'm doing, I'm witnessing, I'm helping someone. I'm being used, because why? I'm a vessel of honor and not one of dishonor. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer requests and testimonies to our website at occvr.org. That's occvr.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at occvr.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at occvr.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.